The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri, translated by Courtney Langdon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Purgatorio, Canto 30. Terrestrial Paradise. Lethe. Appearance of Beatrice. Disappearance of Virgil. When the septentrion of the highest heaven, which never either setting new or rising, or veil of other mist than that of guilt, and which was causing every creature there to know his duty, as the lower one makes him who turns the helm to reach a port, stopped suddenly. The people of the truth, who first had come between it and the griffon, turned around toward the car as toward their peace, and one of them, as though from heaven sent down, sang thrice aloud, Come thou from Lebanon, my spouse. And all the rest sang after him. As at the last trump call, each of the blessed will quickly rise from out his tomb and sing the hallelujah with a voice regained. Even so there rose upon the car divine, at such an elder's voice, a hundred servants and message-bearers of eternal life. They all were saying, Blessed be thou that thou comest, and strewing flowers on high and all around, O scatter forth your lilies with full hands. I've seen ere now, when day began to dawn, the eastern skies all rosy, and the rest adorned with beauty and serenity. And then the sun rise with its face o'ershadowed in such a way that, through the tempering of mists, the human eye could long endure it. So likewise standing in a cloud of flowers, which rose from angel hands, and fell again within and out the car, a lady crowned with a wreath of olives or a pure white veil appeared before me, neath a cloak of green, clothed with the colour of a living flame. My spirit hereupon, which for so long a time had not been trembling in her presence, or felt itself all broken down with awe, with no more knowledge of her by mine eyes, but through a hidden virtue issuing from her, felt the great power of the olden love. As soon as that high virtue smote my sight, which formerly had pierced me through and through, ere I had passed beyond my boyhood's years, round to the left I turned me with the trust wherewith an infant to its mother runs, whenever terrified or in distress, to say to Virgil, Less now than a dram of blood remains in me that is not trembling, I feel the tokens of the olden flame. But Virgil now had left us of himself deprived, Virgil, my dearest father Virgil, to whom for my salvation I had given me. Nor yet did all our ancient mother lost avail to keep my cheeks, though cleansed with dew, from turning dark again because of tears. Dante, though Virgil leave, weep thou not yet. Weep thou not yet, for thou wilt need to weep by reason of another sword than this. Even as an admiral who both on stern and prow comes to behold the men that serve on the other ships and urge them to do well, so likewise on the left side of the car, when I had turned around me at the sound of mine own name, which here must needs be mentioned, I saw the lady who had first appeared concealed beneath the angel's festival, direct her eyes toward me across the stream. Although the veil, which from her head hung down, encircled by Minerva's olive leaves, did not allow her to appear distinctly, she went on royally, still stern in mien, as one doth who, when speaking, holdeth back his warmest words. Look at us well, for we, indeed are we, indeed are Beatrice. How wast thou able to approach the mountain? Didst thou not know that man is happy here? 
my lowered eyes fell on the limpid stream but when i saw myself reflected there i drew them to the grass so great the shame that weighed my forehead down as to her child a mother seems severe so she to me for bitter tastes the savour of harsh pity silent she kept then suddenly the angels chanted But further than my feet they did not go, even as the snow among the living beams grown on the back of Italy is frozen, when blown and hardened by Slavonian winds. And then, when melting trickles through itself, if but the land that loses shadows breathe, and thus seems like a fire that melts a candle. Even so was I with neither tears nor sighs before the song of those who ever tune their notes to music of eternal spheres. But when I heard in their sweet harmonies the sympathy they had for me, far more than had they said, Why, lady, shame him so! The ice bound tightly round my heart was turned to breath and water, and through mouth and eyes issued with anguish from my inmost breast. Then she, still standing motionless upon the same side of the car, addressed those sympathetic creatures with these words. Ye keep your watches through the eternal day, so that nor night nor slumber robs from you one step the world may take upon its course. My answer hence is made with greater care, that he who yonder weeps may understand, in guilt and sorrow of one measure be. Not only through the work of those great spheres, which to some end directly guide each seed, according as the stars are its companions, but through the bounty of the grace divine, which for its reign hath clouds so very high our eyes cannot approach them, this one here was such potentially an early life that all right dispositions would have had wondrous results in him. But all the more malign and savage doth a soil become when sown with evil seed and left untilled, the better and more vigorous it is. I, for a while, sustained him with my face, and showing him my youthful eyes, I led him along with me, turned in the right direction. But when the threshold of my second age I reached and changed my life, he took himself away from me and gave him to another. And when from flesh to spirit I had risen and beauty and virtue had increased in me, less dear and pleasing was I then to him. And o'er an untrue path he turned his steps, following deceitful images of good, which not that they have promised pay in full. Nor yet did it avail me to obtain the inspirations wherewith both in dreams and otherwise I called him back. He cared so little for them. So low down he fell, that short were now all means for his salvation, save showing him the people that are lost. I visited the gateway of the dead for this, and unto him who guided him up hither, fraught with tears, my prayers were born. God's high, fate-ordered will would broken be if Lethe should be passed, and should such food be tasted, without paying first the scot of penitence made manifest by tears. Purgatorio, Canto 31 Terrestrial Paradise, Dante's Confession, His Immersion in Lethe, Beatrice Unveiled. O thou that art across the sacred stream! Toward me directing with its point her speech, which even edgewise had seemed sharp to me, continuing she began without delay. Say, say if this be true, to such a charge must thy confession be united now. My strength was so confounded that my voice began to move, and wholly died away, ere by its organs it had been released. A while she bore it. Then, 
what thinkest thou? She said, Reply, for thy sad memories are not extinguished by the water yet. Perplexity and fear together mixed extorted such a yes from out my mouth that eyes to hear its utterance were required. Even as a crossbow breaks its cord and bow, whenever with too great attention shot, and with less force the arrow strikes its mark, so neath that heavy burden I broke down, and as I poured forth gushing tears and sighs, my voice more slowly through its passage came. Then she, Across the paths which I desired, in which were leading thee to love the good, beyond which there is nothing one can wish, what trenches didst thou find, or hindering chains, for which thou thus must needs despoil thyself of hope of further progress on thy way? What luring charms, or what advantages, displayed themselves upon the brows of others, that thou shouldst pay thy passing court to them? Thereat, when I had heaved a bitter sigh, I scarcely had the voice to make an answer, and painfully my lips gave form to it. Weeping, I said, Things of the present turned with their delusive joy my steps aside, as soon as e'er your face was hid from me. Hadst thou been silent, or hadst thou denied? Said she. What thou confessest, no less clear would be thy guilt, since known by such a judge. But when self-accusation of one's sin from one's own cheek breaks forth, in this our court the wheel is turned to blunt the sharpened edge. And yet, that for thy fault, thou mayst be now the more ashamed, and that, when thou again shalt hear the sirens, thou mayst stronger be, desist thou now from sowing tears, and hark, so shalt thou hear o'er what a different path my buried body should have moved thy feet. Nature ne'er showed thee, nor did art such beauty as did the pleasing members which enclosed me, and which are scattered now, dissolved in earth. Hence, if the highest pleasure failed thee thus by reason of my death, what mortal thing should afterward have drawn thee to desire it? At the first arrow of deceitful things, thou surely oughtest to have risen up to follow me, who was no longer such. Thy wings, at least, should not have been weighed down to wait for further blows from some young girl or other vain thing of as brief a use. A young bird waits for two blows or for three, but for the eyes of fully feathered birds a net is spread or arrow shot in vain. As children who are silent when ashamed, and with their eyes upon the ground keep listening, and conscience-stricken and repentant are. So I remained, and she, Since thou art grieved because of hearing me, lift up thy beard, and thou from seeing shalt receive more grief. With less resistance is a sturdy oak uprooted, either by our native wind, or by the wind that blows from Jabba's land, than I at her behest raised up my chin. And when by beard she asked to see my face, I well perceived the venom in her words. Thereafter, when my face was raised again, I saw that those first creatures were at rest from strewing flowers, and thereupon mine eyes, which were as yet but partially assured, saw Beatrice turned toward the animal which in two natures one sole person is. Though neath her veil and cross the stream, it seemed to me that she surpassed her old-time self, more than she did all others when on earth. So pricked me now the nettle of repentance, that of all other things what turned me most unto its love became to me most hostile. Whereat such great contrition gnawed my heart, that overcome I fell, and what I then became she knows who gave me cause for it. Then when my heart restored my outward strength, I saw the lady I found alone above me, saying, Hold on to me! 
Hold on to me! Into the stream she had already borne me up to my neck, and dragging me behind her, light as a shuttle or its top was moving. When I was near the blessed shore, I heard, Purge me with hyssop, said in tones so sweet that far from writing I cannot recall it. The lovely lady, stretching out her arms, embraced my head and plunged me in the stream so far that I was forced to drink its water. Drawing me thence, she set me when thus bathed within the dance ring of the lovely four, and each of them embraced me with her arm. Nymphs are we here, and in the sky are stars. Ere Beatrice came down into the world, we were ordained to be her maids. We'll lead thee to see her eyes. But for the joyous light, there in the three upon the other side, who more profoundly gaze, will sharpen thine. Thus singing they began, and thereupon they led me with them to the griffin's breast, where turning toward us, Beatrice remained. And, See to it that thou spare not thine eyes, they said, before the emeralds we have set thee, whence love of old against thee drew his shafts. A thousand wishes hotter far than flames bound mine eyes fast to those resplendent eyes, which on the griffin set their steady gaze. As in a glass the sun, not otherwise the twofold animal was gleaming in them, at first in one, then in another way. Think, reader, if I wondered when I saw that it was keeping quiet in itself, while in its image it was changing form. While, glad and with amazement filled, my soul was tasting of the food which, while it sates, still causes thirst and hunger for itself, proving themselves to be of higher rank by reason of their deeds, the other three came dancing to their angel roundelay. Turn thou! Their song was, Turn thou, Beatrice, thy holy eyes upon thy faithful one. Who hath, to see thee, turned so many steps? Kindly do us the favour to unveil thy mouth to him, that he may thus perceive the second loveliness which thou dost hide. O splendour of eternal living light, who neath Parnassus's shades e'er grew so pale, or from its cistern e'er so deeply drank, as not to feel bewildered in his mind, should he attempt to paint what thou didst seem, when, symbolised by heaven's own harmonies, thou didst reveal thee, in the open air. Purgatorio, Canto 32. Terrestrial Paradise. Vicissitudes and Transformation of the Car. The Harlot and the Giant. So steadfast were mine eyes, and so intent on gratifying their decennial thirst, that all my other senses were asleep, and both on this side and on that a wall of heedlessness they had. The holy smile so strongly drew them with the olden net when forcibly my face was toward my left turned by those goddesses, for from their lips I now was hearing a Thereat the state of vision which exists in eyes but newly smitten by the sun caused me to be a while deprived of sight. But when my eyes were to the small accustomed, I say the small with reference to the great resplendence whence perforce I turned away, I saw that, on the right, the glorious host had wheeled, and was returning with the sun and with the sevenfold flame in front of it. As to protect itself, a troop revolves beneath its shields and wheeleth with its flag, before the whole of it can change direction. 
Even so the heavenly kingdom's soldiery who forward were had wholly passed us by before its pole had made the chariot turn. Back to the wheel the ladies then returned, and so the griffon drew his blessed burden that though he moved no feather of him shook. The lady fair who through the ford had drawn me, Statius and I, were following the wheel which made its orbit with a smaller arc. As thus we crossed the lofty wood, unpeopled because of her who trusted to the serpent, a song angelic kept our steps in time. A liberated arrow in three flights, perhaps as great a distance would have gone, as we had moved, when Beatrice alighted. Adam! I then heard murmured by them all. They circled then around a tree, despoiled of flowers and other leaves on every branch, its crowning boughs spread out in greater width the higher up they are, would for their height be wondered at by Indians in their woods. Thou, Griffin, happy, happy art, art. since with thy beak thou tearest not this pleasant tasting wood, wood, because, because one's belly rise Thus round the sturdy tree the others cried, whereat the double-natured animal, Thus is the seed of all just deeds preserved. Then turning toward the pole which he had drawn, he dragged it forward to the widowed tree, and neath it left that part of it tied up. As our plants swell when falls the great light, mixed with that which shines behind the heavenly carp, and as each thereupon renews itself in its own colour, ere the sun yokes up his racing horses neath another star. Even so, a hue revealing, not as bright as that which roses have, and more than that of violets, that tree renewed itself, whose branches once had been so bare of leaves. I understood not, tis not sung on earth, the hymn which thereupon that people sang, nor did I bear to hear the whole song through. If I could picture how the unpitying eyes, on hearing Syrinx's story, sleepy grew, the eyes to which much waking cost so dear, as doth an artist who from models paints, would I describe how I then fell asleep. But let whoever will feign sleeping well. Hence to the point I pass when I awoke, And say a splendour rent my slumber's veil, And then a call. Arise! What doest thou? As Peter, John, and James were led to see Some of the early blossoms of the apple, Which makes the angels eager for its fruit, And causes endless marriage feasts in heaven, And overcome recovered at the word Whereby far greater slumbers had been broken, and even as they perceived their company diminished both by Moses and Elias, and all the raiment of their master changed, so I, recovering, near me standing, saw that pitying lady who before had been the leader of my steps along the stream. But where is Beatrice? All lost in doubt, I said, when she... Behold her sitting there, beneath the tree's new leaves, upon its roots. Behold the company surrounding her. The rest on high behind the griffin go, with songs of sweeter sound and deeper theme. I know not if at greater length her words were poured, because now in mine eyes was she, who hindered my attending to aught else. On the bare ground she sat, and all alone, left there to be the guardian of the car, I saw the biformed animal tie up. Circling, the seven nymphs with their persons formed a hedge for her, those lights held in their hands, which safe from Oster are, and Aquilo. Here for a while shalt thou a woodman be, then without end with me a citizen of that Rome whereof Christ a Roman is, hence for the world's sake which lives badly, 
keep thine eyes upon the car, and what thou seest be sure to write when once on earth again. Thus Beatrice, and I, who now was wholly devoted at the feet of her commands, whither she wished turned both my mind and eyes. Fire ne'er descended with so swift a motion out of dense clouds, when from the highest region the rain is falling, as I now beheld the bird of Jove swoop down upon the tree, and break not only its new budding leaves and blossoms, but its bark. With all his might he smote the chariot next, whereat it reeled as in a storm a ship, when by the waves to starboard now, and now to larboard driven. And then a she-fox, which from all good food seemed fasting, I perceived, hurling herself against the bottom of the triumph-car. But for her ugly sins upbraiding her, my lady put her to such speedy flight as was permitted by her fleshless bones. Thereafter, whence it first had come, I saw the eagle down into the chariot's ark descend, and leave it feathered with his plumes. And such a voice as from a suffering heart comes forth was that which came from heaven, and said, My little ship, how badly thou art laden! Between both wheels the earth seemed opened then, and forth from it I saw a dragon come, who upward through the chariot thrust his tail, and like a wasp which draweth back its sting, withdrawing his bad tail, he drew away part of its floor, and keen for more went off. That which remained reclothed itself again, as rich soil doth with grasses, with the plumes offered perhaps with wise and kind intent. Then one wheel and the other and the pole were covered up so quickly that a mouth is open kept much longer by a sigh. When thus the holy structure was transformed, it put forth heads upon its members, three upon its pole, and at each corner one. The first were horned like oxen, but the four had on their foreheads but a single horn. Never had such a monster yet been seen. Sitting thereon, as boldly as a fort is seated on a lofty mountain top, a shameless prostitute appeared before me with eyebrows that were quick to wander round, and then to see that none should take her from him, I saw a giant standing at her side. At times they kissed each other there, but since she turned her greedy fickle eyes on me, that cruel lover scourged her from her head unto her souls. Then filled with jealousy and cruel in his wrath, loosing the monster, he dragged it through the wood so far away that with this last alone he shielded me against the harlot and unnatural beast. 